0: Wow, you never know when you're going to be put to the test, do you? Speaking of which, that's the name of my message today. (laughs) Turn around, look at your neighbor, and say the test. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word that it gives us life. We ask that you would have your way today. Speak to our hearts, God, and give us ears that don't just hear but respond to your word. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name, amen. Today we celebrate 245 years of independence, of a signing, of a declaration that declared that all men are created equal, and we've spent the last 245 years trying to embrace that and trying to envelop it, trying to apply it, but there's always testing, isn't there? I every one of us have been put in a place where we were probably made to feel less than, to feel like we didn't count or we didn't matter. But the truth is, is that we don't ascribe, or we we don't receive our identity or our worth from someone else. That comes from God alone. 245 years ago, men got together and they were put to the test. Would they in fact be willing to risk everything they had to reach out and embrace this thing called freedom and liberty? Would they be able to count on each other? And more importantly, could they put their trust in God? It seems like that over the last several years our nation has kind of drifted from the concept of God. Think about the declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And that they were, we were given those liberties, we were given that freedom by our Creator. Today it seems like God is only mentioned for perks. That in our government sometimes we only use God and we we tend to embrace God when it benefits us politically but that's not the way it was before do you understand that after 9-11 nobody cared whether it was politically correct to pray on the steps of the Capitol they just got out there and prayed we need to find something in our heart that drives us toward him keeps our trust and our faith in him and is not able to be manipulated sometimes people make the mistake i think about during the civil war lincoln's second inaugural address when he was talking about that he he started talking about that neither side thought that the battle would be this long or or be this costly and then he made a statement he said how an individual can ask God to help them when they're trying to keep another individual in captivity. And I'm paraphrasing, but he was saying it's beyond his comprehension. And so what happens if we're not careful, we get a slanted view of what God looks like, of who God is. But how many of you know that God doesn't need my help to be God? (laughs) He's God all by himself. And let me share something else with you. God is not the sum total of my perception of Him. God is who He said He is. Regardless of my opinion, regardless of my perception, He is God. Now, during the last. Several years, it seems like, well, like I talked about, that we've we've drifted away from God, but I want to take us back to some of the words of our founding fathers so that we remember that the test that they were put to, they were putting their trust in God during this because they understood that without him, this nation could never exist. So let's take a look at what Patrick Henry said. Recently, we've seen in the news those that were embarrassed about this nation. I always have one thing to say. If you're embarrassed, you're free to leave. Don't, you know, it's like when people, how many of you have ever met someone that no matter what you fix, they're not satisfied? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever cook something? And you, you made it and you put love and care into it. And, and then when some, somebody sat down to eat it, they went, huh? How's that make you feel? It makes you want to get out a box of cornflakes. Help yourself. Have at it. So I, I learned a lesson a long time ago. If you want to live a healthy and long life, never complain about cooking. how many of you cook so shout amen (laughs) don't complain about the cooking tested we're here today because the men and women that went before us when they were tested they refused to give up but the truth is is we all go through testing don't we how many of you have ever taken a test wave your hand at me if you've ever had to take a test you ever have a vision test one of the saddest days in my life was when the guy told me at the DMV. What is that? Department of Motor Vehicle. D, DM. What is it? DMV. Depressing Motor Vehicle Place. Well, I went in there and I went to take. I went to take my test for vision. I put my eye. My. You know. And they said, "Okay, read the line." What line are you talking about? And I, when I, I backed away, I was notified that now I had to wear glasses to drive. I don't need glasses to read. Why should I have to wear them to drive? Just because I can't make out your face doesn't mean I don't know you have one. So I, do you understand what I'm saying? It was, just, it was just a depressing moment when I found out. And then hearing. How many of you have ever had a hearing test? when I before I went to work in the factory they gave me a hearing test you know for a long time I thought there was something wrong with my hearing because I, I, I would be outside and I when I was outside I would hear the, this high pitch and I think what in the world is that and I'd ask other people and said I don't hear any high pitch and I thought man Are my ears ringing what's going on and then when they tested my hearing they discovered that i had a very my ears were really sensitive to high frequencies and i found out that the high pitch that i was hearing outside were power lines that they were giving off that that frequency and i was able to hear it i'm glad to report to you today that after nine years in a factory i don't hear that anymore Matter of fact, I find myself saying, what'd you say? More and more as the time passes by. And so passing tests sometimes can be challenging. How many of you in here had to take a test in school? Wave your hand if you ever took tests in school. We're going to take a little test right now. This test is, I'm I'm going to mention a subject, and if this subject gave you great pain, I want you to groan. Are you ready? Math. Math. Spelling. History. See, I loved history. I could do that. yee for that. Grammar. Oh, I feel sick. <laughs> Grammar was my least favorite subject. And I know that it's some of yours, the, the, your most favorite subject. And that's all right. I'll pray for you. But here's the deal. Grammar I mean, how many of you remember it, diagramming sentences? Just how many of you enjoy diagramming sentences? You all need to come up and get prayer right now. Just, just, I, I mean, diagramming sentences, I, when I speak, I don't diagram my sentences before I say them. I don't even think about diagramming my sentences. But then when the, we were in class and they, you had to diagram a sentence, I thought, this isn't right, man. There's just something wrong with this whole thing. And then poetry. We got into literature with poetry. How many of you love poetry? I love. Look, I love poetry, man. I, 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 I mean, there, there's some poetry that I think is just, you know, very profound and, and speaks to my heart until they started exploring poetry. And when they explored they started, did you know that before you write a poem that you make the decision on how the rhythm of what that poem is going to be? And then there there are words that they spoke to me concerning poetry that I have put out of my mind forever. And I I remember I got in, I'm going to say I got into trouble in class, but I got called on in class because when the teacher started talking about all of this, I guess I moaned, and she said, Rick, have you got something to say? And I said, ma'am, I said, you, I don't mean this wrong, but you have really just ruined poetry for me. And she looked at me and she said, what do you mean? I said, I, I've always enjoyed poetry. I said, but I can't wrap my mind around that before a guy writes a poem that he is going through all this stuff in his head. Okay, I want it to be, the, and I, I want it to be in, in this rhythm and I want it to you know, follow this system. I said, man, I thought you just wrote poetry from your heart. needless to say it didn't impress her at all and so I had to go through the class everybody say testing ever all the testing we go through isn't easy I've taken some tests that were really easy for me others that were really hard and that's the way it is that some people sail through tests and others struggle with it and then you find it reversed when they're struggling with something that you sail through but the truth is is you don't get through life without testing and there are some hard tests they say that to become a Navy SEAL is one of the hardest tests as you'll ever go through do you know that more than 40,000 people uh, applicants apply to become a Navy SEAL each year and out of out of those 40,000 only six percent can even pass the qualifications to become an applicant can even pass to get the chance to try to become a SEAL. And out of the 6% that pass that so they get to enter the process to become a SEAL, 75 to 80% of those 6% will either quit or fail the course because it is too rigorous and it is too demanding and too hard. Understand that these people that are applying are not ordinary people walking down the street. The people that have applied are the best that the Navy has to offer. but the test is so hard that even the best can't sometimes make it that's why they call it an elite force everybody say an elite force sadly just recently it hit the news that one of the people that were in for the process drowned because an instructor kept pushing his head back under the water Everybody say, I can't take that kind of test. The hardest test in life is not the Navy SEALs. The most important test you're ever going to take, and the one that you're going to be fought with the most, is a test of life. It's a test of whether or not you can surrender to him. How many of you have ever struggled with surrender? You know what I'm talking about? Surrendering your will. How many many of you in here are married? Wave your hand if you're married or ever been married. Wave your hand. Wasn't it tough for you ladies to surrender? (laughs) I always watch faces. Stella went. (laughs) I make you think surrender. I've not yet begun to fight. <laughs> and so, that, so what happens is, you know, we, we, we find those situations in life where it's really difficult for us to surrender. But the hardest thing for us to surrender to is to surrender to the will of God because our flesh fights it so hard. But hear me. Here's the promise that God gives us concerning this test. You'll never have to take it alone. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but I'll go with you to the ends of the earth. The other thing that he's promised us is this. He said, I'm going to give you what it takes to be able to pass the test because he declares greater is he that's in you uh, than he that's in the world. Uh, So he's already determined. Look, no matter what you're going through, God's already determined you're rough enough, got stuff enough to get through it or you wouldn't be in. In it because he said I won't put any more on you than you can bear so he is going to see us through everybody say it he's going to see me through and it, is it worth it is it worth taking that test man there's some t- I never forget we were I was doing a, a testing for uh, a, I can't, a CDL license for driving a bus and I went in and, and uh, the first time I went in they failed me I said well can I ask a question I said how how did I fail she said because you didn't point to this the bolt that holds that seat in the floor and tell me what it was true story I said what said and you also did not point out the rubber that goes around the seal of the door that seals the air out you didn't point to the handle and tell me this is how you open the door I didn't say what I was thinking but anyway it, 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 it was surprised everybody say it surprised me there are some things that are worth going after do you know that the devil will try and get you to give up the devil will try to get you to throw in the towel but if you hang on listen to what James tells us in 1 and 12 Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. What's he saying? He's saying, press through because it's going to be worth it. Don't give up. I'm going to see you through it. I've equipped you to make it. And once you make it, you're going to find out that it's been worth everything you've ever gone through. Paul said it this way. He said, I perceive that the sufferings we go through in this present life aren't even worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us do you understand that one day I, I said one day I, I'm gonna be standing on the other side looking back and saying hey that was nothing compared to what I got right now and uh, you know what I just don't believe we gotta wait till we get there I think we can have some heaven right here on earth I, I think we We can have some joy in our hearts while we're down here so don't let the devil get to you everybody say huh sometimes you just gotta make up your mind i'm not going to give up you know you never know what's in a teapot until the heat gets turned on and if it's empty you're getting ready to smell something that stinks because <laughs> the bottom of that pot is going to burn and you're going to smell it all over the house. But if there's something in there, that pot's getting ready to sing to you. <laughs> that pot's going to whistle out a tune and let you know it's ready. Do you understand that God has not left us helpless or hopeless, but he has equipped us, he has poured himself into us so that when the heat gets turned up, we still got a song. Where's Sharia where's at? Man, the heat got turned up a minute ago, didn't it? And all of a sudden she, la 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 And I thought, wow. Go, girl. She ain't letting, she ain't getting intimidated. She ain't letting that eat her lunch. She's not walking down from here going, oh, I'm so embarrassed that thing wouldn't play. I'm never going to sing again. She's just belted it out and did a great job, didn't she? Some hear what I'm going to say more often than not Things don't go the way you planned So what you have to do is just say God I'm trusting in your plan I know you've got it all worked out. You've got it figured out So I'm going to quit trying to play the architect here, and I'm going to let you be the master builder I'm just going to follow your plan everybody say follow the leader life is filled with challenges but when you raise when you rise up to meet the challenge you find out that the end result is worth it in psalm 105 18 and 20 it says they bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams the lord tested joseph's character Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. When we talk about Joseph, our thoughts of Joseph are usually about, well, he was sold by his brothers, you know, and he became a slave. But then he rose to the top, you know, and became the ruler over Potiphar's house. And he got thrown in prison. But then he became ruler over the prisoners. God just blessed him wherever he was. But we sometimes... Leave out that part before God advanced him. His feet were in shackles. He wore those until it bruised his ankles. His neck in an iron collar being led around like a dog. How easy would it have been... To have said God where are you how easy would it have been to have given up on his dreams how easy it would have been to fallen into a state of depression and just said man God just forsook me he he, he you know I, I mean he let all this stuff happen to me but hear me the scripture said That all this happened and God tested Joseph's character before he fulfilled his dreams. You need to hear what I'm going to tell you. That what God had put into Joseph was so powerful. What God had planned for Joseph was so important that God said, Joe, I can't just turn this loose to you. I need to make sure that you're going to be able to handle what I'm getting ready to release in your life. I need to make sure that once I move you up to that place of prominence once I bring you from the prison to the palace I need to know that you're not going to forget me that you're not going to think that somehow you made it there on your own merit and on your own intent I need to know that you're still going to have a heart that's going to follow after me so he finds himself in a pit he finds himself with an iron necklace and iron bracelets around his ankles and he refuses to let go of God. Everywhere he went, everything he went through, he continued to trust in God. When he was in prison, he was interpreting dreams. When he was in Potiphar's house, he was was doing the best he could to bless the man that put him in chains. And then it happened. God saw. That his character had developed. And God took the strongest leader in the world. And caused him to give a command that would open up the prison door. To a boy that had been forgotten. But not forgotten by God. You need to understand that God has not forgotten you. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm not where I want to be. Well, you ain't where you used to be either. Amen. I said, you ain't where you used to be either. You know what a rascal you used to be. How many of you in here remember when you used to howl when the moon came out? You know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, we get saved, you know, and we, oh, praise the Lord. We, we forget sometimes about what he saved us from. And how many of you know that one of the things he saved us from is ourselves? Do you know the person that gives me the most trouble? You do? Oh, I thought some of you were pointing at yourself. I thought you were saying, yeah, Pastor, I give you the most trouble. No, the person that gives me the most trouble is the one I see in the mirror every morning. And it's not my wife standing behind me either. It's me. It's me. Everybody say moi. (laughs) I end up giving myself the most... I'll talk myself into stuff and then have to talk myself out of stuff. I'll get myself worked up and then have to get myself calmed down. Is anybody in the house? I got got a call this past... yesterday I think yeah yesterday and it was cat and cat called and when cat called she was man she was all I mean she was you know frantic and she said I've had a wreck and I said oh you okay she said I've I've had a wreck and she was I mean she was just losing it and I I said cat I said are you okay she said yeah I said is the other person okay she said yeah I said well then don't worry about the rest of it you can replace everything else that's the only part that matters I said, you can, you can, everything else can be fixed. Sometimes we get worked up over stuff that can be fixed. And then she said, oh, I'm still coming to church. She said, I, I said, well, I thought you said your car was totaled out. So, said, well, that, that was probably a little bit of a drastic term. <laughs> she came in and the bumpers pushed in a little bit. <laughs> But what happens is sometimes we can get caught up in that moment. How many of you have ever gotten worked up over something? And I mean, you know, somebody, somebody cuts you off. <laughs> <laughs> Drive up right beside him and look at him. Praise the Lord. Get worked up, and then you think, and then you start thinking, Why am I so worked up over this? Why, why am I letting this get to me? And I'm telling you that the devil knows what buttons to push, don't he? So quit letting him push your buttons. Somebody turn around and say, He's not pushing my buttons anymore. I'm putting a sign up that says, Do not touch. Do you understand? That's what the scripture said. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You've already got a scripture to stand on. Get your hands off me, Satan. You're not allowed to touch me. You can't do that. But sometimes when we're being tested, we give in and we give up and we're never going to know the victory until we learn how to stand the test. In 1989, an 8.2 earthquake flattened Armenia. In the midst of that, there was a, they killed 3,000 people in less than four minutes. In that process, there was a man that went looking for his son. He left his wife at home. She was okay. And he, he went immediately to the school that he had walked him to that morning. And when he got to the school, the school was pancaked, it was completely flat he instead of panicking he looked at the school and he started in his mind figuring out where his son's classroom would be and he determined it would be in the back right corner of that building and so he went back there and he started pulling debris off and digging down through all this other parents showed up on the scene and they started wailing and screaming out of their mind they were, they were shouting at him, leave them alone, leave them alone. Don't you know it's too late? They're dead. And he looked up at them and he said, are you going to help me? And he kept digging. And he dug for hours and the fire department showed up. And when the fire department showed up, they said, sir, it's too dangerous for you to be here. There are fires breaking out all over the city. Go home, leave this to us. And he looked at them and said, are you going to help me? And he kept digging He dug for eight hours and then eight hours turned into 12 hours and 12 hours into 16 hours. Police showed up and tried to get him off the site. Sir, you need to go home. You're endangering yourself and others. He looked at them and he said, are you going to help me? He refused to leave and he kept digging. He dug for 24 hours. 24 hours turned into 36 hours. And 36 hours gave way to 38 hours. And after 38 hours of constant digging, he pulled back one boulder and he heard the voice of his son. His son cried out "Dad!" He said Armand Armand he said dad. I'm here dad. I'm here He said dad there are 14 of us still alive He said I told them not to worry I said if my father is alive He will be here because he promised me that he would always be there for me He said son come out. He said no dad get the others first Because I know you're always there for me. Let me remind you my friend Of someone else that when our world was falling apart, when sin collapsed our life, he refused to walk away. But he dug us out of the mess we were in. And he said, I will not forsake them. He didn't want to die. He said, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But hear me, he refused to give up. He was determined to pass that test for you. When Joseph passed his test, it didn't just have an impact on his life. It ended up saving the life of not just his family, but it saved the life of nations. We celebrate 245 years of freedom. Don't anybody misunderstand what I'm going to say, but that's small change compared to the over 2,000 years of freedom that was brought to us through the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? No wonder he declared in the eighth chapter of John, whom the Son has set free, is free indeed. When everyone else would have walked away from you, when everyone else was ready to give up on us he stepped in the gap he made up the hedge and he said I'm not going to leave you I'm not going to forsake you I'm going to dig you out of the mess you're in because you've got a promise from me you've been made more than a conqueror through the one that loved you aren't you glad for that today? I'm going to ask the prayer team if they would to come and join me up front. This is what I'm going to ask you today. If you're facing something, if you're going through a test right now and you say, I can't get through this alone, by acknowledging that you're already on your way to victory, too many times we're trying to go it alone, trying to do it by ourselves. And you are not alone. I said, you are not alone. I've always been amazed at how God will give us reminders. We're navigating something that's devastating us and something that's threatening to overwhelm us and your phone will ring. (laughs) Someone on the other end said, I just... Had you on my heart wanted to call and make sure everything was okay somebody will show up unexpected so i just stopped by to pray with you god has a way of giving us reminders sometimes for me it's been walking in the stillness of the night and looking up and seeing the stars shine down on me And remembering he holds all that in his hand so he's able to take care of me today we celebrate that freedom that comes in Christ so if you're here and you're going through a test I want you to come right now would you do it real quickly very quickly this isn't just for you this is for more than you because the your test doesn't just affect you it affects everyone around you. God is true to his promises. The question is can are we willing to release ourselves, commit ourselves to his hand and say God, I trust you. Would you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now? As they sing this song, I'm going to ask you just stretch your hands this way, stretch your hands this way, and just begin to praise God with me, and begin to ask the Lord on behalf of these that are here. Father, even now, God, we ask you, Lord, to Help him pass this test. Mm. Do for him what he can't do for himself. Grant it to him now, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Some of you may be getting ready to take some tests. You may be getting ready to go in for a surgery. God is able to go with you. He's able to see you through, Father, we... Mm. Mm. you said to me thank you Jesus you, you, shout it with me thank you Jesus Christ you take care my of God made me victorious you rescued me I want you to get ready to do that that line you've given me but right before they do today is Independence Day Today, I'm not dependent on the devil. Today, I'm not dependent on this world. Today, I celebrate freedom in Jesus. Today, my only dependence is on God. And I will declare my dependence on Him. I refuse to be independent from God. I am going to thank Him that this nation exists, that we were born here, that we were blessed to be here, but I'm going to thank Him beyond that. I'm going to thank Him that He's rescued my soul from a devil's hell and He's given me the opportunity to have an impact on other people's hearts. Are you ready? Stretch your hands to heaven with me as they get ready to sing it. Sing it, honey. You've given me life There'll be people celebrating with barbecues and we'll be celebrating with shooting off fireworks. I've always hated duds, haven't you? Spend good money for a firecracker and it goes And I think, really? I've nearly blown fingers off trying to get those things to work. Pews go down and it like it goes out and I'm sitting there fooling with it. I'd like a little bit of pop in my fireworks. You know what I'm talking about? So what's your point, Pastor? My point is, let's quit walking around like we're a dud. Let, let, let's quit walking around like we fizzled out and let's get some bang in our salvation, amen. I just, wanna, I just want to remind you of this after the cross after calvary he showed up (laughs) and he said i got the keys (laughs) what had you locked up can't keep you locked up anymore i passed the test i got the keys of death hell and the grave He said, I'm he that was dead and I'm alive forevermore. So because he lives, we got some life in us. So let's celebrate what he's done for us in Jesus' name. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise in this house. Yeah.